Hey guys, my name is Scott Niemeyer and I'm the lead pastor of High Point Church in Friendswood, Texas. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We believe that church is not just an event you attend, it is a family that you belong to. We also believe that it's God's plan for every person on their spiritual journey to know God, to find some freedom from your past so that you can discover your purpose and ultimately you can make a difference. And we exist as a church to help you on that journey. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by today's message. Let's jump in and let's get started. We're in the middle of a series, in fact, week number four of a series entitled, You Ask For. And it is exactly what it sounds like. These are questions or topics that you as the body uh, of, at High Point here, you have asked for. Uh, we actually do a survey every Easter. And on that survey card, it says, what would you like to know more about? And today's topic actually uh, was the most responded to. And so uh, hopefully some of you were here on Easter and you actually asked this question. If not, I know you're gonna be able to get something out of it either way, uh, but really believe that God's got some great things. I'll tell you what it is in just a second, but let's pray first. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that we have this opportunity uh, to be able to be together, God, to worship you. God, it was so great, Father just to be able to spend some time worshiping you. We're, we're so grateful just for your presence that's here with us. In fact, your word says we're two or more gathered, God, that you are right here with us. God, we thank you for that. God, we thank you that as we get into your word today, uh, that we will be able to answer some questions and that, God, that you would be able to speak uh, through your word into our hearts and into our lives. God, I thank you that as we begin to talk about uh, today, God, your goodness and your ability, I just, I just ask, Father, that you would begin to reveal yourself in very real and tangible ways to people. We thank you for that right now. God, come in, have your way in us and through us and around us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Well, the number one topic that you asked for, y'all wanna know what it is? Yeah. All right. No drum roll today. It's actually on the subject of miracles. Everybody say miracles. As one of the, the questions that we had, one of the topics that we had, that was it. And uh, so many people checked that box. And I think that whenever we read the Bible, uh, it's obvious that there are miracles that took place when Jesus was here on the earth even before Jesus was on the earth and after Jesus was here, uh, we can see that miracles took place in and through the life of believers. And this is something that I think is very important. And I think that we really don't learn anything in life unless we ask questions. And I love the fact that we're asking questions and that we get to answer these questions based upon God's word. Um, as I think about all, not all, but some of the miracles in, in the word, many things kind of pop up. I think about the feeding of the 5,000 with two fish and some loaves of bread, fed 5,000 people and their families. I mean, that's a miracle, right? I think about the woman with the issue of blood. She'd been, she'd been struggling with her health for 12 years. And Jesus came and walked through her, her village one day and it was a big crowd pressed around him and, and she reached out and just touched the hem of his garment. She didn't even touch him physically, but just touched the hem of his garment. And he said, the power of God has gone out of me. Who touched me? And of course, they turned around trying to sort out who it was and they found the woman with this issue of blood and immediately she was healed. That's a miracle. There were different instances where uh, a paralyzed guy uh, basically couldn't get into Jesus. He was inside a house preaching and sharing. The crowd was just all around the house. So his friends, some crazy friends, took him up on the roof, cut a hole in the roof and lowered him down right in the presence of Jesus and Jesus touched him and healed him. 
I think about blind Bartimaeus that had been blind and, and, and couldn't see. And then Jesus comes passing by one day and he says, son of David, have mercy on me. And of course, Jesus said, uh, what, what do you want? He says, I, I, wanna, I wanna see. And he said, your faith has made you well, a miracle immediately. And so I could go on and on and on through the stories of the Bible where miracles actually did take place. And so whenever we look at the idea of miracles, I often think, where are the miracles today? I often think to myself, you know, there's so many times that I think we see things in the word. And then I begin to think, where would you go to even experience a miracle today? And as I wrestled with that, I began to to process through it. And I thought, you know, there's many places all around the world outside of America where the gospel's being preached and and miracles are taking place all the time. And I thought, I wonder what about America has almost caused this to be stifled a little bit. And as I was praying about that, God began to answer it in my heart. And this is what what I feel like the Lord kind of shared with me is that there's a tension in America that that, there, that we're going through problems and issues and we would really like for God to get involved. But there's this tension that what if he doesn't come through? What, what, what if he doesn't show up? What, what, if, what if he doesn't fix my problem? And so, so many people stay where they are because the, the faith is not there to be able to reach into the kingdom of God and begin to be able to, to reconcile this. And so I thought, man, we, we, we've, got to, we've got to look at this. We've got to reconcile this. We've got to, God, I know you have the answers to all things. Like, help us with this, God. And so that's really what this message is and where it came from. I will say this, that uh, I hope that through what I share with you today that you're able to take at least one thing home with you. You're able to say, you know what? That's one thing I can do. That's a next step for me that I can do. And, and I want you to open up your heart because the word of the Lord has a lot to say about this topic. And uh, I think we can look at some of the characters in the Bible and what they did and how they did it and what, what, what was happening in their life during that time. And I think it can kind of give us some clarity. And that really is my hope for today. I will say this first, that understanding miracles is going to require a kingdom mindset. So let me kind of break that down for you before we jump in. Uh, I believe that we live in the world. Of course, the Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But even though we are in the world, I believe there is a a thought process and a system to how the world works. We know how to get around. We know how to travel. We know how to fix things in the world system. We we know all the things that that the world has to offer. But I I wanna open up your mind to the idea that there is also a kingdom of God. And that within the kingdom of God, it is God's way of doing things. And God has a specific way of doing things. And he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He was, he is, he forever will be. And I want you to know that he is big enough and powerful enough and cares enough about you and loves you enough, loves you so much that he cares what you're going through. And in the kingdom of God, I actually believe, you know, people would say, what's the kingdom of God? There's so many definitions of that, but I think the best is it's it's God's way of doing things. So I, I begin to say to myself, okay, if there's a kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world, and the Bible says I'm in the world, but I'm not of it, it must mean that I am of the kingdom of God living in this world. So this is what we need to understand that the world system does not work in the kingdom of God but the kingdom of God always works in the world system whenever we begin to understand how the kingdom of God works. And I hope that today I'm able to answer some of those questions for you. And it really, I'm gonna be, be honest with you, it's a little bit more about 
teaching today. So I really want you to kind of think about these things and begin to open up your heart. Uh, and I believe that God's gonna show us some great things. Um, but before we do that, um, here's the big question. W what is it about miracles? Like, what is it about miracles that, that intrigue us? What is it? Uh, and, and I think it's really the idea of impossible things becoming possible. And that, that's what a miracle actually is. And so that really is what intrigues us. Um, you know, there was a funeral uh, one day and the pallbearers picked up the casket and as they were carrying the casket out, they heard a little, they ran, in, actually ran into the, to the wall. And as they ran into the wall, they heard a little groan on the inside. And so, man, they opened the casket real quick and the lady in there was still alive. She gets out of the casket. She actually lives another 10 years. Well, then she ends up, Another way, passing away again, dying again. So now there's a second funeral for her. Of course, after the end of the ceremony was over, the, the pallbearers picked up the casket, were carrying it out, and the husband yelled out, hey, look out for that wall. Some of you guys will get that on the way home. Kind of break the tension in here just a little bit. In order to understand miracles, we're gonna have to take a look, though, at something that is always present when a miracle takes place and that is called faith. Faith is always present when a miracle is taking place. And so we can't answer the question about miracles unless we look at what faith is. And more importantly, I want you to actually quantify that within your own life. Where is your faith? And if your faith is to be growing, what is the next step for you to grow your faith? What, what is God showing you? Where is he taking you? What, 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 what revelation has he given you? And understand this, we don't know it all, but God does know it all. And here's the crazy thing is he actually, it's his great joy to reveal mysteries to us. It's his great joy to share things with us so that we can operate in the kingdom of God. Let me lay a little foundation for you. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus, this is Jesus talking. He looked at them and he said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, say it with me, all things are possible. So just that one idea, he begins to quantify. Now listen, there is two different things that are going on here. With man, this is impossible. And I want you to think about right now, not this is just informational, but how does it apply to your life and your situation and what you're going through right now? What are you believing God for right now? What, what is it that is, that is like uh, on, what I, we call it like what's on your heat map? Like what is so burning right now in your life that you gotta figure something out? Like what is that thing? Because I believe that's where, when you begin to identify that, then you can begin to, to produce some faith. So it goes on to say this in, second, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, the unbeliever, this is someone that would not believe in faith or in God, basically someone that maybe doesn't have the knowledge of it yet, and they're operating just in, in, in the world, right? So the unbeliever does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to them. In fact, many times, people that don't believe in God, they would think that some of the things that would happen in church, around church, that that's foolishness. It's just, it's craziness. That, that doesn't make any sense to me in my natural mind. But this is what he goes on to say. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So the one who is spiritual, though, discerns all things, yet he himself is understood by no one over in this area. So we have to figure out how to reconcile these two things. And I want to I tell you a story 
Uh, this is a story that comes in uh, one of the gospels, one of the first four books of the New Testament. And Jesus himself is, is actually walking up on a situation. So I'm gonna set the scene for you. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna read some verses out of the story. And I want you to see not so much the miracle in this one, uh, because there is a miracle that takes place, but I want you to see the mentality and the heart and the processing of the person that is experiencing the miracle. Because I think we can, we can shed some light going that way. So in, in, uh, in Mark chapter nine, there's, there's um, Jesus walking up and his disciples had gone on ahead of him into a certain area. And Jesus walks up and when he gets there, the disciples are having a conversation with what they call the Pharisees or the religious leaders of that time. And he actually, when he, when he gets there, they're not just talking, they're actually, the Bible says they're arguing with each other. So Jesus walks up, how many of y'all know Jesus is cool, right? He's like, what are y'all arguing about? And then what's crazy is neither side answered, but a man in the crowd, he said, they're arguing about my son that is in need of a miracle, in need of some breakthrough, and he has been possessed by a spirit. And because he's possessed by this spirit, I brought him before the disciples and they could not, uh, they could not help him. And so they begin to kind of wrestle with this with the religious leaders of that time and they were arguing. And Jesus' first response was, as he's processing what's happening, his first response is, is, oh, ye of little faith. And he goes on to say, how long will I be with you in the natural that I have to keep doing these things for you instead of showing you that you can do these things for yourself? And so then he goes on to say, and this is where we're gonna pick it up, begins to have a conversation with the man. And so in Mark chapter nine, verse 21, it says this, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? And the man replies, from childhood. It has often thrown him into fire or even water trying to kill him. And then the man says this to Jesus, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus, I don't think he took offense because I don't think he really got offended, but he kind of drilled down on that particular comment because he's, he's identifying within the father that there is a little bit of unbelief. And so he's saying this in verse 23, if you can, first of all, when you pray a prayer of unbelief and Jesus repeats it back to you, just know he can, okay? So he says, if you can, Jesus said, and this is what he goes on to say, everything, say that with me, everything. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, and this is one of the most genuine prayers I have ever heard of somebody pray. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I have prayed this prayer many times in my own life, even as a pastor. He says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I want you to know it is a normal, natural thing to, for unbelief to creep into your life. It, it is a worldly thing. It is a common thing that happens for us to, to question things. We're like, I don't know if that would work. Or I don't know if this would work. And then we have to wrestle with how these, two, how these two systems come together and how the kingdom of God begins to operate in the system. And so he says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So let's talk about faith as we talk about the idea of overcoming unbelief. And if we're gonna understand about the kingdom of God, I want you to know this, that faith is the currency in the kingdom of God. In fact, what operates the kingdom of God is faith. 
Now, when I say a word like faith, many of us would have so many different definitions as to what that is. You might think that is the religion that I am. You might think, well, I'm, I'm this certain religion, I'm this certain religion, and so that is my faith. Well, I'm talking beyond a title. I'm talking beyond a label. I'm talking about faith that would be in action. Let me give you just a couple of things to lay some groundwork here. Um, first of all, the, the, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, we're gonna read it here. And it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Think about that for a second, that even us as his children, it's impossible for us to be pleasing to God if we don't have faith. So it's not something that, you, that is a label, it's something that you are and that you do. And you say, well, Pastor Scott, share more. It goes on to say this, impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe. Come on, Lord, help my unbelief. Must believe that he exists. First of all, if you haven't figured that out yet, that, that's really your first step is to believe that there is a God, that he does exist, that his arm is not short, that his ear is not dull, that he has the power to be able to step into your situation and help you. So he says this, you must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Another translation says, who diligently seeks him. So I wanna encourage you that without faith, it's impossible to be, be, be pleasing to God. So this is my, my natural, I ask questions all the time. So if without faith, if I don't have faith, I can't be pleasing to God, how do I get faith? That's my first question. You know, one question always begets another question, right? So that's my question. How do I get faith? Well, the Bible says, catch this, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Did you know that every time, any time and every time that you read a scripture, maybe it's when you're sitting right here and I'm giving you the word of God and you're looking at it on that screen and you're seeing those highlighted words and you're processing, you're like, man, something about that makes, that, that, that comes alive on the inside of me. That is the power of the word of God. It is alive and quick and sharp and powerful. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of God. So anytime you, you read a scripture, you hear a scripture, maybe if you're doing a devotion in the morning, maybe if you are uh, doing your, your quiet time or your study time or you're worshiping God, anytime you hear the word of God being spoken, the, the opportunity is there for faith to rise up on the inside of you. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. How do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Then it goes on to say that faith without works is dead. Do you know that we can say that we have faith, but unless we put some feet to our faith, the Bible says that it's, it's, it's powerless, it's useless because there's no action to it. So faith is not a noun, it is a verb. It's an action word that is, requires action of, of the children of God. And so as we continue to look at this, I wanna give you just, just an example, and this is just one example, and I know many people in here, you're probably going through way, way bigger things, but it's not always negative things. Certainly could be that you're believing God for, but it could also be positive things. It could also be things that you're believing for what's next in your life. And sometimes those two things go together. Sometimes you need some freedom from something so you can step into what God does have for you next in your life. But you, sometimes you're gonna have to, to wrestle with the word of God and with his presence and say, God, how does this work out in my life? But here's the crazy thing. He loves you and cares about all of us so much that he wants to reveal those things to you through his, his word. Five and a half years ago, 
there was a dream that was in my heart and Kelly's heart to start a life-giving church here in Friendswood, Texas. And we shared that with whoever would listen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Everybody's like, you're gonna do what? I'm like, yeah, we're gonna start a church. And so we began to share this, this vision and this heart that we had. And when we did that, people got on board and people began to say, you know what? We can get behind that vision. But I want you to understand that what you are experiencing here today, the small groups that you're in, the church that we have right now, I want you to know that is all because a, some, a group of people stepped out in faith and said, what if God could use us to help some other people? And so I want you to see that when you step out in faith that God begins to do the rest of the things because you, are, you have some feet to your faith. And so it's a progressive thing and it happens all the time. Faith is when God takes a dream in our heart and he makes it become a reality. So my, my, my question for you today, what are you dreaming about? And you may be dreaming for some breakthrough. I just, my dream is I can have some freedom from this thing. Maybe that's your dream. Maybe your dream is that you, you've got a, another step to take in your business or in your career or maybe in your, in your family or, or maybe you wanna get married one day. Whatever the thing may be, I'm telling you right now uh, that, 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 that faith is when God takes that dream in our heart and he begins to make it a reality. So I wanna encourage you uh, <clears throat> with a, a section of scripture comes to us in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, you may or may not know this. I grew up in, in a church and it was called a word of faith church. What does that mean? That means that I grew up with a healthy dose of, of information like I'm giving you today, scriptures like I'm giving you today, because I grew up in a word of faith environment, which means that we were taught about faith very, very often, and that we could believe God for things, and God would begin to establish those things for us. And so I kind of grew up in that arena. And in fact, if I were to go to Growth Track, which I've been several times, and I was to take the spiritual uh, gift assessment, the top one always in my life will be faith. Faith is always the, the strongest gift in my life. And everybody has different gifts, but that's something that it really speaks to me. It really, it's really on the inside of me. And so as I begin to, to grow up in that, one of the things that you may or may not know is there's a whole chapter in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, that is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And it's the writer of Hebrews that went and looked at all the different stories in the, the word of God and really in what was happening around Jesus and before Jesus. And, and they begin to look at this and they begin to record all the people that faith operated in their life. And it's called the hall of fame of faith. You may think about this. Football has a hall of fame. Basketball has a hall of fame. Baseball has a hall of fame. What is the hall of fame full of? The hall of fame is full of people that have done some extraordinary things, which is why they are separated from, the, from everybody else saying, this is the hall of fame. These are people that have seen this work in their life. And so th this is what my thought for today is, is what if we study what the hall of famers did and maybe we could do it also. Don't let it sink in for a minute. What if we study what the Hall of Famers did and we maybe we could do it also? Hebrews chapter 11, let's pick up in verse number one. To have faith, so here we go. If faith is the currency in the kingdom and faith has to be present for miracles to take place, this is where it starts off. To have faith, you have to be sure of the things that you hope for. There has to be a surety on the inside of you. There has to be a belief on the inside of you. You have to be sure of the things that you are hoping happen in your life. 
And it goes on to say this, and also to be certain of the things that we cannot see. Now understand this, in the realm of faith, this is a common thing that you will hear about and, and, and study about and read about in the Bible is things that you cannot see. Things that visually you cannot see, okay? So how many of you know we believe in God, we've never seen God though? That is faith, right? So we're believing in the invisible God. But understand this, this is a common denominator many times when faith is present. So we, got, we have to have faith, we have to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. It was by their faith that people of the ancient time, uh, times won God's approval. Another way they say this is they gained God's approval. And so I'm gonna give you some faith lessons and I want you to listen quickly. And again, my hope for you today is that you can take one of these home with you and say, I'm doing that one. I, I practically, I'm gonna do that one. So we're gonna look at the Hall of Fame of Faith and I'm gonna pull out seven lessons very, very quickly, okay? So y'all listen quick. Number one, a lesson number one is what I call Abel's lesson. Abel's lesson was this, to put God first. Abel was a Hall of Famer. He's first on the list here. To put God first in your life. And he begins to quantify this through uh, how Abel lived his life in regards to how he gave his offerings to the Lord. It's very interesting. So, it, it, and so this is in Hebrews 11, chapter four. It says this, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. So we're seeing two characters in this deal. So Abel, the guy that's in the hall of fame, and Cain's his brother, okay? They were brothers. And you, if you read the story, it's a pretty interesting story and they got mad at each other and all sorts of stuff happened here. But let me just kind of tell you in the beginning. So uh, here you go. Abel was a rancher, okay? It means he raised animals. Cain was a farmer, all right? So it says, Abel, by faith, Abel brought his, uh, God a better offering than Cain did. So there's, they both gave offerings, but one was better than the other? By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Basically saying, I, I want you to learn something from Abel's life, and he's still gonna speak even though he's dead because of the principle that he lived his life by. Let's pick up the actual translation of where it happened, not the recap in Hebrews, but in Genesis chapter four, verse number three, it says this, and catch this phrasing, in the course of time, another translation says, in the process of time, Cain, brought some of the fruits of the, of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the, catch this phrasing, firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor upon Abel and his offering. Now Cain wanted to have a good offering, but he wasn't able. All right, gotta break it up here a little bit, guys. Why was Cain's offering not viewed as as good as, as, as uh, Abel's offering? Cain gave his offering in the process of time. Another way of saying that in today's terms is when he got around to it. He did it because he knew he was supposed to, but he never really put God first. It wasn't him saying, God, I wanna honor you first. It was him saying, oh, okay, I guess I'll do this now. And maybe sometimes it was, and maybe sometimes it wasn't there. But, but no, but see, Abel was just the opposite. He always gave the firstborn, which is the concept of the first fruit, okay? And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Lesson number two was Enoch's lesson. Enoch is a, is a cool character in the Bible. His lesson is this, is, is to walk with God. It's so important that we learn to walk with God. 
Not just Sunday morning showing up and be like, hey, love our church, man. Worship was awesome. They got the instruments going. I love it's dark in here. Nobody can see if, my, if I don't look good today. I mean, it's awesome up in here. No, I'm not talking about just a Sunday morning experience. I'm talking about walking with God step by step every day of your life. Do you know that God wants to have that sort of a relationship with you? In step with God. I love this idea of, okay, God, today's the day that you've made. I choose to rejoice and to be glad in it. What are we gonna do today? Do you know if you go into your day with that particular prayer, God may just speak to you and ask you to be used by him that day to be his hands and his feet. Do you know that he's actually speaking to everybody that is a believer every single day and sometimes our antennas are down, sometimes our antennas are broken, sometimes we don't even wanna know if we have an antenna and I'm telling you right now, God's saying, come on, get your antenna up. I wanna speak in your life and through your life. This is the way that Enoch lived his life. Hebrews 11, chapter five, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life. Uh Uh-oh. So that he did not experience death. Did you know, this is in the Bible, this dude's walking, by the way, walking with the Lord. And God's like, man, I love spending so much time with you. You're not even gonna die. Come on to heaven right now. What? He He just raptured him off the face of the earth. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, What can we learn from his life before he was taken? He was commended as one who pleased God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to what? Please God. Genesis chapter five, verse 24. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more. (laughs) I love how they get right to the point back in Genesis. Then he was no more. We We can't find him. We don't know where he went because God took him away, all right? Lesson number three, Noah's lesson. I love Noah's lesson. You're probably more familiar with this story, of course, Noah and the ark. Uh, This is Noah's lesson, to act on God's word. Faith without works is dead. We have to act on God's word. Hebrews 11, seven says this, by faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen, there's our phrase again, when he was warned about things not yet seen. He was warned about something that was gonna happen that he hadn't seen yet. How many of you know it takes some faith to step out when you're having prayer time with God and God's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you in on the, on, the, on, on, on the information right now. I'm about to tell you what's up and I'm only gonna tell you right now because I've been trying to tell everybody else and nobody's listening. So he says, okay. And then he's like, I want you to build a boat. He's like, what's a boat? Well, no, it's, it's an ark. It's a big boat. Well, what's a big boat? Well, you're gonna need it so it'll float What's float? Well, it's when the rain comes. Well, what's rain? You understand, he had never seen any of these things and he spends decades of his life going after something God told him to do. So he's gonna act on God's word. So it says, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark. Why'd he build the ark? Come on, somebody's gonna get this in the spiritual realm to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. I believe this, as I said, God's trying to speak to us all the time. I actually believe that, of course, we know God is a triune being, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We understand God is a Father. We understand Jesus came lived a sinless life, died on the cross, resurrected three days later, defeated hell and the grave and sin and death and all those different things, uh, healing, all that stuff. He took care of all of that for us. So now 
Uh, now he's saying, after he shows himself to many people for the next couple of weeks and months or so, then he says, I'm gonna go to be with the Father and I'm gonna leave the Holy Spirit to be a helper to you. So now that we have the Holy Spirit, I want you to know this, the Holy Spirit is the part of God that speaks to you whenever he's trying to communicate to you when our antennas are up. It's how it speaks to your heart. Sometimes people are in here like, Pastor, I don't even know. I'm coming into church. I'm trying not to cry because I don't cry. I don't even know what's happening. Every time I, we sing a certain song, man, I start crying. I've had probably 25 people tell me that in the last month. What is that? That is the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit communicating with you and he's trying to, he's trying to, to help you get through something. I always like to say this, that the Holy Spirit to me is like a gentle nudge because he's a perfect gentleman. He's not pushy. doesn't make you do anything. In fact, far from that, it is your choice. And always remember that it is your choice and your choice alone, which actually gives it more weight because you gotta choose. What are you gonna do? One way or the other, right? So the nudge. How about that little nudge about the thing God's been telling you to do and you haven't done it yet? Hey, hey. How about... How about, you know, I, I was communicating, I, I really think you could get some help in a small group. Little, little nudge. Hey, what, what, if, what if you begin to honor me with your giving? What, what, if, what if you started tithing? Little nudge. What if, what if you followed after Jesus and after you got your, gave your life to him and surrendered your life to God, what if you get water baptized? Little nudge. Come on, what if, what if uh, it's time to make a difference in the life of somebody else? What if you've received some great things from God and you, man, you, you've lived a great life and you, you've done some awesome things and, and man, something on the inside, you're like, man, I gotta help somebody else. Little nudge. It's the Holy Spirit. He's very, very patient. He's very gentle. And sometimes we're looking for somebody to slap. Lord, if you just slap me across the face, I'll do anything for you. It's not how he operates. The perfect gentleman. Little nudge. Come on, beep, beep. Let me all get that. Number four, Abraham's lesson, to wait patiently. Oh my gosh, this is the most difficult one for me. I am not a very patient person. I, in fact, I used to, my mom used to tell me all the time, Scott, patience is a virtue. On the Enneagram, I'm a three. That means I have a list every day. I like to get stuff done. And sometimes I will bulldoze people in order to get my task list done. And God's like, hey, I'm gonna call you to be a pastor. And by the way, it's not about the task, it's about the relationship. And I'm like, oh, patience comes into relationship. How many of you know if you're in a relationship, sometimes you have to be patient on the other person. I won't get into, I won't get into that this morning. <laughs> Kelly's not even in here, I'm not gonna do it. <clears throat> Hebrews 6.15, and so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. What was promised? Hey, Abraham, I need you to go to a foreign country uh, because you're gonna lead my people by the way, you're gonna be the father of many nations. In fact, 12 different tribes are gonna come out of you. We're gonna be the father of many nations. And in fact, your descendants are gonna be like the sand on the seashore. You're not gonna be so many, you're not gonna be able to even count. And Abraham's like, that's awesome, God. That's a great promise, but I can't even have one kid. We can't even get pregnant. Like, how am I gonna be the father of many if I can't even have one kid? And God says, okay, just... This is the promise, this is what I've told you to do. Now go and be patient. Spirit of the Lord, angel of the Lord shows up. Jesus shows up one day, says, hey, Sarah's 90. I think she's about ready. She's ready to have a baby. 
And Abraham's like 100, and he's like, what? Like, yeah, you know that promise I gave you years and years and years ago, and you said I don't even have one? I'm about to show you what can happen. And all of a sudden, as you know, she conceived, and Isaac was born, and, and the rest is kind of history. The, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and you begin to, to, to think about all the generations that came out of that, and then that promise was fulfilled. Why? Because he waited patiently. When they talked about him in the Hall of Fame, he said, listen, after so, uh, and so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Hebrews 10, 37 says this, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, and but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. So I wanna encourage you, come on, don't shrink back. Come on, this is for somebody in here. Hang in there just a little bit longer. Come on, I want you to know, don't give up right now. You are so close to a breakthrough that you don't even know it. Don't shrink back. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Begin to press forward into what God has for you. Lesson number five, Moses' lesson. Y'all gotta listen quickly. Y'all are listening slow. Moses' lesson, don't trust your feelings. No, I I love Moses because there's so many things to pick from about faith, Right? like goes to the mountain, gets the 10 commandments from God. That's a miracle. Like God spoke to him, 10 commandments. He chiseled them out. You know the whole story, right? How I many you know about, about this? God speaks to him through a burning bush that never burns up. Miracle. God says, I'm gonna help you deliver my people. 10 plagues I'm gonna use. All those things were miracles to get them to be able to be set free from, from captivity. Oh, by the way, uh, whenever you get out there, there's no food out there where you're going. And so I'm gonna have to provide food for you every day. So God rains down manna from heaven every single day for 40 years so they can eat. By the way, they're still not believing in God very much. Some of them, they're grumbling and complaining like, well, why we gotta eat the same thing all the time? I'm like, bread is falling from heaven. What are you talking about? Like God is providing for you. You know, they get to the Red Sea. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna die right here. He brought us out here to the wilderness just to die in front of the Red Sea. Of course, Moses raised up his staff, parts the Red Sea. They walk across on dry ground. And I thought to myself, in the hall of fame of faith, which one are they gonna talk about? And you know what? They didn't talk about any of those. Hebrews eleven twenty four. 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, this is what he's known for, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be known as somebody that was anything other than what God said he was. Come on, somebody. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was, here it is again, invisible. Moses' lesson is don't trust your feelings. Do you know that it's easy to put our trust in our feelings inside this world system? But sometimes we don't need to trust our feelings, we need to trust our faith and know that, man, if God said it, he will do it, he can do it, he's willing to do it, and he won't, he's got a plan for your outcome, I promise you. Amen. Young people, I wanna encourage you right now, I know you're going to Summit tonight, I wanna encourage you, all of you, go to Summit tonight. Free cup of coffee, free pizza, great worship, a great word. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be your group of friends that are gonna be there, but listen to this. Listen, make the right choice in your life, young people. Come on, your feelings, catch this, your feelings will lie to you but the word of God never will. Be a person of faith. 
I learned this from another pastor and I thought it was so powerful. I'm gonna share it with everybody that I can. And he learned it from his dad. And his dad was a, a great man of principle. He said this, live by principle and not by pressure. Live by principle and not by pressure. Life will always provide pressure, but there are principles and promises in the word of God that will live on forever. Number six, Joshua's lesson, thank God in advance. We have to learn to thank God in advance. Hebrews 11, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. What were they doing when they were marching around? You know the story. If you don't, let me share it with you real quick. Uh, Joshua instructed by God to go and take Jericho. And he's like, Jericho, that's awesome. But it's a big city with a big wall. How, we don't have bulldozers. How are we gonna knock this wall down? How are we gonna take that city? He says, what I want you to do, I want you to go and march around the city once a day for six days. In the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. And every time you march around, I want you to be praising God. I want you to be thanking me. I want you to be able to, to really honor and magnify and lift me up and watch what I do. In fact, in, in many Old Testament stories of war with the children of Israel, God sent the praisers out first. He sent the worshipers out first, the ones that would say, you know what, I, we thank you, God, because you're gonna do this in advance. I don't know when I learned this, but I, I had this revelation many, many years ago. And in fact, if you'll, you can just think about this and pick it up in weeks to come. Every time that I pray, I always thank God because I got this revelation God, I thank you for what you're about to do. I don't just ask him, I thank him for what he's about to do. If somebody needed some help with their marriage, Father, I thank you right now that you're gonna move in this couple's life. God, I thank you so much, God, that you have, you have a restoring power to you. God, I thank you so much, Father, that this person over here that's believing for a healing, God, I thank you, God, that what Jesus did on the cross is still alive and well today, and I believe that they are healed by the name of Jesus. I mean, there is, there's a thankfulness to it, made the hall of fame of faith. Praise God when they walked around. The purest expression of faith is worship. Catch that. The purest expression of faith is worship. One of the prayers that I pray every day is that our church be a place of worship. Not like idealistically, like when we come in here would really say, man, these aren't just songs. This is our time to worship our God. The expression of that, you know, our eyes closed, our heart open. Sign of surrender. Kelly was talking about the sign of surrender today, you know. Maybe you raise your hands. But I want, our, I want us to be a church of worship because I know that worship and thanksgiving in worship begins to let us know how big God is. And it begins to take us to a place where we can see, okay, God is, he's big. We're magnifying you, God. We're thanking you for what you're doing. I love that song we were singing about miracles today. Such a powerful song. Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, probably heard this verse before. What about this next part? With thanksgiving. Don't just pray, pray with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And let me just tell you, before I get to this last point, final lesson, number seven. This is a hard one. This is the reason why I think many people in America today, even pastors, shy away from the faith message. And I'm just gonna tell you, I unapologetically am not gonna shy away from it because I believe that faith is the currency in the kingdom of God and you need God to be working in your life, every area. Here's the deal though. This requires 
that kingdom mindset I was talking about in the beginning. The rest of this chapter, I wish I could say it was another long list of people that it worked out for. The rest of this chapter, it doesn't work out for the people. Yet they still get a shout out in the hall of fame of faith. Let's look at it. Final lesson, God always does everything right. Or let me say it this way. God always does the right thing. It's a better way to say it. Hebrews eleven thirty nine 39 says this. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. What? This made the hall of fame. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Verse number 40. Catch this. If you, don't have a, if you don't have a kingdom mindset, you're gonna miss this. Since God had planned something better. We talk about faith. That requires faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace. When they were asked, why are you not bowing down? He said, our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow because we believe in the power of a living God. Even if he doesn't. And this is where the mortal mind and the spirit of God have to be reconciled. And I wish I could tell you, it's always gonna be what you think is the right thing, but I'm gonna tell you right now, God always does the right thing, but sometimes it's what he thinks is right. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to us, which is why people shy away from this topic so much. It's like, what, what if he doesn't? Well, I've been believing God. You know, it, it, nothing's happening for me. No, you have to believe. It's better to believe anyway and to watch the hand of God move. Now, here's the thing. In faith, we have to trust that God is gonna do what's best for us, in us, and through us. And I think that one day, when we get past whatever it is that we're going through, I believe we'll be able to look back high inside and say, oh, that's what it's about. I know it's gonna be that way when we get to heaven one day. We're gonna all show up to heaven. We're gonna be like, oh, oh, oh. It all makes perfect sense now. Isaiah 55, eight and nine in closing. This plan of mine, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking for God. This plan of mine is not what you would work out. This plan, not what you would have planned. Neither are my thoughts the same as yours. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The kingdom mindset is to be able to understand through faith that we trust God more than anything else. And here's the crazy thing. I would rather be a person that believes than someone that is cynical and never experiences anything good from God. But what if we believe? What if our faith got out there? What if God began to do some supernatural things in our life, through our life, in our church, through our church? What if God began to do some crazy things? I wanna invite you, I know we're kind of late. Texans are playing, maybe. Y'all stand up. I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come down to the front. Y'all go ahead and come right now if you don't mind. 
I'm gonna ask a few more of the prayer team to go ahead and come down to the front too. Do things a little bit different today. I wanna sing this song that we sang. This is what I love about it. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? You are more than able, more than able, more than able. Let's worship the Lord together and then I wanna pray for you. Let's worship. different but if you're here today and you're believing God for something you need a miracle in your life I want to encourage you while we sing this song as a family of believers around you to come down to the front and get prayer from somebody and I really believe that God's going to touch you so let's worship God together come on here we go come on the atmosphere of praise
pray for you real quick, even while you're there in your seats. Everybody, if you don't mind, just bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you'd say, you know, Pastor Scott, I've never made that decision or that commitment to make Jesus the Lord of my life, but I would like to do that today. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and he's your savior, then, then he will come in. The Bible says that you'll be born again, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. And uh, you'll stay in your seat. I'll stay up here, but I'd like to lead everyone in that prayer right now. So if you don't mind, everybody with your head bowed and eyes closed, everybody say, Father, forgive me of all my sins. God, my faith is big today. I say that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I receive you into my life. God, help my unbelief. God, I will live my life for you in Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you prayed that prayer and it meant something to you today, be so kind just to raise your hand up real quick. Pull it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now I want to pray for you. If you're in here right now and you are really believing God for a miracle, I just want you right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, just, just, just open up your hands to be able to receive something from the Lord. Father, I thank you right now, God. You see every person. God, I know that we're all believing you for something. God, I thank you right now, God, that your word has gone forth today with power. And that, God, you really, Father God, that, that, that faith is the currency. God, we are releasing our faith right now to you. And God, I decree and declare that there are relationships that are being put back together. I thank you right now, God, for healing coming to someone's body right now that's been struggling for many, many years. I decree and declare they are healed in Jesus' name. I thank you right now for, for, for people that are maybe struggling in their, in their finances or their business. God, I thank you that you begin to do a turnaround in their life. God, I pray right now, Father, for uh, the parent and child relationship. If there's any stress or strain there, God, that you'll begin to open up the right doors. And God, I thank you that you know every other situation, God. And I just decree and declare, God, that you are moving in Jesus' name as we release our faith. And everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together. Let's celebrate the Lord today. Thank you for joining us. If you've been encouraged by our ministry, we would love for you to like, subscribe, and share this video. If you'd like to help us to continue spreading the message of Jesus all around the world through giving, or you'd like more information on our Sunday services, you can visit us online at myhighpointchurch.com, or you can follow us on social media at myhighpointchurch.com.